Hello and welcome to The Whistler from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Okay. 
Somehow you manage to control a sudden wave of panic that sweeps over you, don't you, Glenn? You move out of the crowd quickly. Tell Jeff you're going on to the hospital. Instead, you drive to your apartment. There you take a small packet of blueprints out of your pocket. Stare at it for a moment. And then hide it behind the painting hanging over the mantel. Your hand is shaking badly, isn't it, Glenn, as you pour yourself a drink and slump down into a chair. An hour later, you're still sitting there, staring down at the now empty glass. What? Huh? <laughs> Who is it? Johanna Dressler. Hello, Glenn. Come in, Joanna. I was listening to the radio. Heard about the explosion. I was worried about you. Me or the blueprint? Well, naturally, I was concerned about them, too. After all, the people I represent have offered $50,000 for your invention. Okay, okay, that's safe. Don't worry about it. Uh, the news report said that your friend Linda had been injured. Not badly, so I understand. Well, you were not at the factory when the explosion occurred. No. No, I left the building a few minutes before. How fortunate. You find something amusing? Not exactly amusing. I'm really wondering about the explosion if it uh, really was an accident. What are you driving at? A thought occurred to me. Here you have two young inventors who suddenly make a rather startling discovery. A tiny little gadget worth a lot of money. And invaluable to any country with an air force. So? So they decide to sell it to the highest bidder. My organization in Antwerp offers $50,000 to the two inventors. Then, one of them was almost killed in an explosion. Get to the point. If he had been killed, that would mean the other inventor, you, would collect all the money. Look, are you insinuating that... Oh, relax, Yes. Whether the explosion was an accident or not, doesn't concern me too much. As I told you, I'm interested in the blueprints of your invention. But when I said it was worried about you, I meant it. It is worried. Thanks. You see, he... Most of my discussions have been with you and... Well, frankly, I, I became quite fond of you. You really mean that, Joanna? Why else should I say? So be careful, darling. I wouldn't want anything to happen to you. What could happen to me? Something rather violent, I'm afraid. If your partner Max should suspect that that explosion wasn't an accident. <laughs> Wondering just how sincere she was when she told you she was fond of you. She's a beautiful woman, isn't she, Glenn? Charming and intelligent, too. And you're sure the two of you could accomplish big things. But she's clever, too. And the agent of a foreign organization. And you decide to reserve final judgment until you're certain of her motive. Meantime, there's Max to worry about. You wonder if he suspects that you tried to kill him. You'll have to face him sooner or later, won't you, Glenn? And you realize that you've got to call at the hospital tonight. It'll look strange if you don't. It's going to be a terrifying ordeal. And your nerves are almost at the breaking point when you arrive at the hospital. You're surprised to see your partner sitting up in bed. You're relieved a little as you note the faint trace of a smile on his lips. Hi, Glenn. Maxie, how do you feel? How are you? Oh, 
Not too bad. It's shaken up. Bruises here and there. I'll be okay, the doc says. Oh, I'm sure glad to hear that. She had a close call. What in the world happened, anyway? I don't know. Experimental one of the plant just blew apart at the seams. Just like that. Yeah. How'd you manage to get out? Uh, a few minutes after you left, I heard the phone ringing one of the offices down in the hall. I left my work table to answer it, and that's when it happened. Blast knocked me down the stairs. I managed to crawl in the alley. Well, lucky thing that phone rang when it did, huh? Yeah. Wasn't it lucky for me, Glenn? Yeah. I, uh, guess that part of the plant's a total wreck. So I understand. My father was here a few minutes ago interviewing me. Said it was completely demolished. Farmer did a good job, though. Saved the rest of the building. Glad to hear that, huh, Glenn? Oh, sure. You mean the officers? Especially our office. And the little package of blueprints that's away in my bottom drawer. Yeah. Well, look, fella, you probably want to get some sleep. No, so, uh... no, no. Took it around, Glenn. Doc said he'd be back in a bit and check me over. Probably let me go home. Tonight? Yeah. I thought maybe you'd drive me back to my apartment. Well, sure, but you don't mind, do you? No. No, I don't mind. It's something you hadn't expected, Glenn, that Max would be released from the hospital so soon. It means you'll have to move fast. Return the blueprints to his desk first thing in the morning. It wouldn't do if Max discovered they were missing, would it? He'd no longer only suspect that you tried to kill him. He'd know for sure. I'm sure glad to get out of that hospital. Well, you've had a rough night, Max, but it's all over now. Good night's rest. Uh, turn right. Next corner, huh? Turn right? Yeah. I want to drop by the office first. What? You, you mean now? Now. But why? The blueprint. They'll show us when we pick them up tonight, before something else happens. You never can tell when there's been a fire. Oh, now, look, Max, nothing's going to happen. not, but I... Well, forget it. Now, Glenn, I want to pick up those blueprints tonight. Come on, turn right at the next corner. Company. 
My name's Linda, and this is Glenn Tillman. Sorry, gentlemen, no one's allowed in the building until it's been thoroughly inspected. But we only want to check the offices. It'll only take a minute. Are you arguing about it, Mr. Linda? Yeah, come on, Max. The officer's only following his orders. We can look over the files in the morning. After the building has been inspected. Well, all right. Sorry, gentlemen, but you know how it is. But, of course, officer. We understand. Come on, Max. Close, wasn't it, Glenn? Much too close. But you're safe, at least for the time being. Ten minutes later, you drop Max off at his apartment and then drive on towards your own. But before you get there, you decide you can't take any more chances. You can't wait till morning. Somehow you've got to get inside that building tonight. Replace the blueprint for the valuable invention in Max's death. <laughs> Park in front of your apartment, hurry upstairs, pick up the blueprint, and return to your car. You turn around and drive back toward the plant. It's terribly risky, isn't it, Greg? But a risk you must take. When you reach the plant... You there, what? What are you doing back here? What? Nothing, officer. I just came down to look over the building. I, I'm employed here. Well, let's have a look at you. Really, officer, uh, I... Uh, you're not the one. Well... What do you mean? Someone was standing around inside this building about ten minutes ago. What? Oh, yeah, almost caught him as he was coming out. They slipped past me. Throw off in a yellow convertible. A, a yellow convertible? You know who it might have been? Uh, no. No, I don't. But you do know, don't you, Glenn? Yes. Max drives the yellow convertible. You're certain it was he. And you're certain, too, now, that Max knows the blueprints are gone, that you have them, and that you tried to kill him. You know, too, that you must move quickly. Get out of town before he has a chance to move against you. You decide to go directly to Johanna Dressler's. Attempt to close the deal for the blueprints tonight. At Johanna's apartment building, you approach cautiously. Then stop dead in your tracks. Someone is standing in a doorway across the street. It's Max. Stunned, you drive back to your apartment. Pick up the blueprint. You don't want to see Max. And you don't want him to find you. So you decide to go into hiding until your deal with Joanna is finished. You pack a suitcase and then drive downtown to a hotel. Uh, I'd like a room. Anything you have available. Oh, of course. If you'll register here, please. All right. Now, let me see. I have a nice room in the rear of the building. Fifth floor. That'll be fine. What, sir? Room 511. I'll uh, have the boy take your things up immediately, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bennett. Thank you. Are you going to be with us long, Mr. Bennett? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on how soon I can close the deal. Yes, Glenn. It's going to be difficult completing the transaction with Joanna, with Max watching you so closely. You want to get the money, all of it, as quickly as possible, and then leave town. But Max stands in your way. You spend the rest of the night thinking about it, what you must do. The following morning, you put in a call to Joanna. What a ghastly hour to call Glenn. It isn't made of card. Joanna, when can we close this deal? Oh, as soon as I get to the bank and then draw a draft. 
I want it all, Joanna, the 50000 in cash. Oh, but men, darling, that wasn't in the agreement. I know. Half when you turn over the blueprints, the other half after my company is that time to study them. Sorry, darling. We do it my way or else. Or else what? Or else I close a deal with one of your competitors. Really? Yes. You know, yours isn't the only firm interested in our invention, sweetheart. I have an offer of 50000 cash right now for it. I'm only giving your company the opportunity to match that offer. <laughs> it won't work, darling. You're fibbing, aren't you, about this competitor? Am I? Of course you are. I'm sorry, Ben. My company would never do it. I'm kidding, huh? Look, it might interest you to know I'm calling from your competitor's place right now. Really? Yes. Why don't you call the Hotel Radford? Ask for Mr. Benner's room. Get yourself a little surprise. Well? All right, then. I believe you. Give me time to put through a call to Antwerp, will you? Sure, fair enough. I should have an answer for you soon. Uh, why don't we have dinner together, say, at the Blue Rock Inn? No, I don't think that... The Blue Rock Inn? Up the coast, you mean? Something wrong with it? All right. No, sweetheart. Nothing at all. All right, I'll meet you there. Eight o'clock. Right. It occurred to you suddenly, didn't it, friend? You're almost certain Max is watching Johanna Dressler in the hope of finding the two of you together and forcing a showdown. You're certain he'll follow her wherever she goes. And the Blue Rock Inn, several miles up the lonely coast road, will provide an excellent setting for getting Max out of the way permanently. And things have reached the point where you must be rid of Max. Because you've decided that as long as he's alive, you know you'll never have a moment's peace. Early that evening, you drive to the Blue Rock Inn, wait in the shadows of the parking area. Keep your motor running so you can get away quickly. A few minutes before eight, Joanna drives up. Walks past without seeing you and enters the inn. Moments later, another car drives in. A yellow convertible. Max. You draw the 38 from your pocket. Then, as he comes up the path... in my driving way out there now. Uh, why don't we meet somewhere else? How about the Hill House? Well, all right. Only, Lynn. Yes? I'm worried. There's something wrong. Wrong? Lynn, I'm being followed. I'm sure of it. Oh. Uh, don't worry about it, Diana. We'll be together soon. All right. Lynn, you'll be pleased to know that my company has agreed to your terms. $50,000 when you give me the blueprint. Oh, that's fine, sweetheart. That's fine. You smile as you hang up the phone, don't you, Glenn? Smile at Joanna's fears about being followed. You're certain it was Max who was following her. Then you begin to wonder. Perhaps someone else is on Johanna's trail. You decide to keep the gun handy just in case. 
You drive to the Hill House. Wait for Johanna in the cocktail bar. Johanna, over here. Hi, I'm here, darling. Oh, sit down. What took you so long? Oh, you must be darling. The man was murdered near the Blue Rock Inn tonight. Really? For a partner, Mark Slender. It was you, wasn't it, Me? I know you were following me. I certainly planned it that way. Johanna, how can you say that? Oh, I forget it. I don't think Max was the only one following me. Oh? Oh, we must be careful, darling. I'll I'll give you the money in the morning when the bank opens. And then I must fly back to New York. So soon? Well, I'll see you better about it once the blueprints are turned over to a representative of my organization. Well, not coming back to San Francisco. Should I? No. I've had a yen to see New York for some time. Look. Why don't we fly back together? Oh, I was hoping you'd say that, Glenn. I feel better to safer. You have a gun. Right. We'll be safe, Johanna. Well, let's have a drink on it. Oh, I could use one, Glenn. To a safe journey together. And a happy landing. <laughs> And you feel certain that you're in the clear. Only the possibility that someone else might be following Johanna makes you decide to put the 38 that you used to kill Max Linder into your suitcase. Downstairs, you settle up the bill for the room you took as Mr. Benner, inquire of the clerk as to the time your plane is to take off, and then pick up Johanna in a taxi. At the airport, you turn in your luggage, wander into the cocktail lounge with Johanna on your arm. Oh, darling, I've made such wonderful plans for us in New York. Nightclubs, theaters. We'll have a glorious two weeks. Why only two weeks? Well, I should go back to Europe, you know. Oh, look, Joe, why not quit the company? I'm scared of it. New York is rather dangerous. Dangerous? How so? Our competition, darling. Sometimes they tend to come rather violent. Girl must be very careful. Think of friend, Mr. Bennett, for example. He's quite dangerous. <laughs> Bennett? Really? Chris. If he was willing to pay 50000 for, for these blueprints, like you said, well, he must have ordered them badly. Crazy decided to follow me. Trying to get the blueprints by force. <laughs> Not a chance of that, sweetheart. I know. I took care of it. What? I arranged it so that you and Mr. Benner would be delayed long enough so that we could get out of town. Johanna, what, what did you do? I put in a call to the police before we picked you up at five o'clock. An anonymous call, naturally. I told him that Mr. Benner, room 511, Hotel Radford, was involved in the shooting of your partner, Max Lindy. You did what? <laughs> A nice little joke to of Mr. Benner, don't you think? Joke? Johanna, you little fool. Don't you understand? I'm Benner. I set that up. I'm Mr. Benner. Thanks, Benner. You're identifying yourself. Huh? Makes it easier for me. Oh, I'm Lieutenant Foster, homicide. The hotel clerk said to come to the airport and look for a man in a checkered overcoat and a light gray hat, but this way it's not Look, there, there's been a mistake. Sure, and you made it. Come on, Mr. Benham. You too, miss. There's a lot of things we'd like to ask you about. Where are we going? To police headquarters. But first to the baggage room to pick up your luggage. You see, I'm looking for the gun that was used to kill a man named Max Linda last night. A thirty-eight. You haven't got it on you. I've got a hunch we'll find it in one of your bags. Well, Mr. Benner, shall we go? 
Butler, whose strange story you have just heard, will be back next week with another tale from his never-ending file. Thank <laughs> you.